Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to your favorite podcast, my favorite podcast. It's <laughs> the Brain Candy Podcast, and I'm here once again, as always, with my host, Susie Meister. I feel like you've been practicing your it intro. sounds pretty good, right? Have you been trying this? No, but I feel like I'm naturally, like, you know what I, job I always thought I'd be really good at? Monster Truck Rally announcer <gasps> okay sunday, first of sunday, all sunday. i will do that voice right now okay are you ready for it yeah sunday 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 you'll pay for the whole seat but you'll only need the edge <laughs> is this a bit you do no but i just have always been i always thought that was like, like, like i would be good at that but that's funny that you guessed that because that wasn't what i was gonna say i was gonna say auctioneer why? Why would you be good at it? Can I get five, 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 I get a 10, 10, can I see 10, 15, 15, can I get 15 in the back, 20, 25, 25, can I go 30, 30, 30, 35, 35, 40, can I get 15, 15, 15, 50, 50, 50, 50, 50, 50, 50, 50, 50, 50, 50, 50, 50, 50, 50, 50, 50, 50, 50, 50, 50, 50, 50, 50, 50, I'd be really good at that. I didn't ask for a demo. I wanted to know, like, in your own words, why you think you Those were my own words, and I was showing you why, because... You, you just nobody are, could do that. You're a fast talker. I think I'm a fast talker. <laughs> that is really special. I mean, we always say like I always learn things about you every episode. This oh. is new. You I know? mean, how long have you thought this? A long time. Yeah. Ever I mean, since I saw my first auctioneer, and so I, I wonder how you it. get that job. It seems like something you just inherit. Yeah, and then you just have to be really good at like looking around and talking really fast and then i think half of it is just talking a lot to confuse people and then they bid more because they're like what the fuck is she saying and I, go, I, I, I think that's how much i'm bidding and you have you ever been up. to an auction like not one like that no i've just been to like estate sales or something no like the the charity auctions where people are just like you know drunkenly waving paddles but you know i don't know yeah did they uh encourage drinking at like the fancy oh, ones yes. even the oh, fancy yeah. ones Yes. Yeah, they should. My husband has been the wine su- like supplier for a lot that of those so events. That is so smart. And yeah, oh it's yeah. It's the same way like when when I go on Amazon in the evening after I've had a couple glasses <laughs> and then like tomorrow I'm like I get a box in the mail and I'm like, "Oh great." I I have two that are left in the mail the other day. No, what? Yeah, what did I you order? On, and I thought we needed four boxes of toothpaste instead of just one. <laughs> You're kidding so me. So I bought four. Is do you is that the weirdest thing you've ever gotten that we're like, "Oh no." Uh no, I bought legs for a table that I thought I was going to make and then never followed through on making. Mm-hmm. And the annoying thing is, like, I asked the guy if I can only buy three instead of four. <laughs> You're kidding. <laughs> because in my head, the table that I wanted to make was, like, this vintage, like, mid-century modern table that only would have three legs. Yeah. And he but said now I now I don't have... I don't want to follow through with that project so now i just have three oh, legs that me. really go bless you that go to nothing and and i don't i would resell it but nobody wants to buy three <laughs> legs that's great so that's classic just, sarah classic sarah what about you what's the weirdest thing you've ever purchased i mean i am a huge online shopper yeah so like what like just household stuff or clothing are you a clothing shopper clothing oh, this yeah. shirt i got on ebay I lo- oh yeah almost everything i get is from ebay oh that's great i i love that it's it kills two birds because i get a deal and i don't have to deal with human beings in fact i just found out like you can go to your ebay account and in a certain area it says like member since 2000 that's when i joined and i have sold eighteen thousand dollars worth of stuff on there you've sold eight Mm -hmm. sold yeah because i'm a big seller brady six that's uh, b-r-a-d-y-s-i-x bid now (laughs) Susie, i would buy your stuff if oh. I knew you were selling and I'd probably like, we can like skip the whole middleman and I, you know, why, why do you have an urge? I don't know. First of all, we wear the same size shoe. Yeah. So that's, that's true. a plus. Mm-hmm. And you always take good care of your stuff and buy nice stuff. Oh, thanks. And one man's trash. One man's <laughs> trash. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'll let you know next time I have a sale, <gasps> a sale but, um, yeah, $18,000. It's, it's like a thousand dollars a year. I sell <laughs> in goods. Really cool <laughs> and you know the uh, under armor and stuff that we got yeah. i keep the ones that i can wear but like we get so much so much so it's a nice what do you, you do with yours just throw in the garbage or what no i trade i'm like a big yeah and, and then, then you wear it you work I, out more oh, than me yeah. yeah 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 i want to say before i forget that i need to thank daniel for making a donation to the brain candy podcast <gasps> yeah, daniel 
And um, I will send you, Daniel, a thank you in the mail, but I just wanted to give you a shout-out. I think out. I know this Daniel. He's a he's a commenter, and he oh, follows awesome. us on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. I okay. think I know who you're talking about. And people, we love your donations. Yes. And we love your comments that on Twitter. Like yeah. people. Oh, oh. One girl posted a list of the top 19 best creepy documentaries Ooh. and tagged us in it and i have now watched almost all of them oh my gosh you mean you watched them because she suggested yes. wow she sent that i had watched about she she tagged us in she's like i wonder how many of these the girls from the brain candy podcast have seen and i tweeted back and i said i've seen maybe like and remember oh, we stairs, talked about yeah. the bridge or the bridge yeah so the bridge was one of those the ones that we've talked about in a podcast and that was on there, but then there were some other really, really good ones. Like about, what? Oh, there's one about a child who suffers from severe attachment disorder. She was a foster child who experienced a lot of uh, a, a lot of violence when she was younger, and now she's a completely detached sociopath who oh. openly says she wants to kill her family and her parents. Lock like How have old to is lock she? the door. She's about eight. And it's the inter- the psychological interviews with her that like the real interviews with her and her family, and it's from I'd say the early '90s, maybe late '80s. Oh, it and she What's says it, it with like a smile on her face. It's called. I have to look that up. Okay, we'll link it because we'll link this whole article that this this girl tweeted at me. It's and it has the top 19, and oh, they're so. Is- as, as an expert of the brain, is there any way that you can repair that type of damage? Unfortunately, the attachment stuff, you'll never be able to re- to repair the attachment. You'll never be able to turn someone who is... And it takes a lot to be, like, detached. And it takes a lot to experience that kind of trauma. We're talking a, a child who was severely a severe ne- neglect, and a stuff. severely neglected child witnessed extreme violence. So, and, um, never was nurtured or never was held or picked up or missed all of that. Like had nothing, no, um, <coughs> like soothing, no, no sense, no comfort, nothing like that. Those, instill in in it like kills he, parts of your brain yes it kill it like makes it so you can't have relationships because your primal instinct is to care and fend for yourself and it's usually like you have to it doesn't matter if you hurt somebody else in the process because nobody else is looking out for you so you have to look out for yourself and that's what that that whole like, like they that kind of trickles down to it boils down to is is that point and that you can manage that over time so you know you can be a child who experienced extreme trauma and you can live and not be a serial killer or not want to like act you you can work to control those urges but you'll never be able to have a securely attached relationship no, I I really don't believe it. Wow, I, I really don't think that you can. The, who there made are this some film, ex- though? What? Who made the film? Like, who is filming oh, this? Oh gosh, I, I you know, in a lot of these extreme cases. So there's also one. It was one of the first cases of a little girl who was found in a basement, locked. You know, like one of those situations. Which, when you really go over the numbers of how many. You know that that movie Room, yeah, is a real thing that really happens, yeah, far more often when, than we think it does. Yeah, it's very scary how how common that is, and or I shouldn't say common, but how many cases of that we have. So if you have a little girl, there was this little girl in I I think it might have been late seventies, early eighties. Janie was her name, maybe. I think that was it, and. She came out, had zero speaking skill, like no speech, no nothing, didn't know how to take care of, like go to the bathroom, didn't know how to do anything like that. It was, I think it was something called like feral child. Yeah. Like she was a feral yeah. child. Like yeah. there was no amount of nurturing or fixing. So there are these. Yeah. The kids that was like raised by wolves, you know, yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah. And there, there are 
extreme techniques you can use to that some people say like if you recreate the mother child experience but then that crosses a whole bunch of like ethical boundaries and like you have to turn the adult into the child and so some people like there are a bunch of weird fringe like and most of the time the fringe stuff it's not good there's a reason why, like, the mainstream stuff is the mainstream stuff. Because yeah. the fringe stuff just doesn't stand the test of time. And they have, like, one case it works in, and then, but it doesn't work with the general population. Well, the point here is that Sarah really reads your tweets. And we <laughs> 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 went on such a tangent. Evidently, it, it has an impact on her life. And she has watched the movies and appreciates your, your uh, ideas. Yep. Wow. Well, yeah. and I appreciate your donations. Go to Brain Candy Podcast. <laughs> I mean, it's the braincandypodcast.com. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, we have wine to buy. Uh, we do actually have a theme that we're both into. Oh, I'm so excited. It's pretty fun. Oh, I hope I didn't waste too much time talking about that. Uh, let's just take a minute and talk about some adorable um, athleisure. Fabletics.com slash candy. Top quality, stylish, active wear. You're an active woman. Super active. And if I'm not being active, I want everybody to think I'm being active. So I wear act active wear all the time. It's the company that was um, co-founded by Kate Hudson. And she's in a lot of the ads and looks adorable. So cute. What I love about it, it's a subscription service. So you're getting the same level of quality as you would with their competitors. But the prices are so much lower. So it's affordable for all of you folks who like nice stuff. Well, but nothing not for motivates a lot of money. you to go to the gym like a new workout outfit. And like everyone looks at each other at the gym too. Yeah. Oh, and- there's one girl who works at my gym who does, I know, wear Fabletic stuff because she had the same shirt that I saw on there. And she looks, she works out in long sleeves because mm. she's like so good that she <laughs> like not sweat a whole bunch or whatever. She's like so beautiful. She dates oh, a NFL or NHL hockey player. She's like, but she wears this Maybe stuff. Maybe that's and what happens like, oh when you God. wear Fabletics. Who yeah, knows? I was like, I love that long sleeve shirt. I wish it weren't a sweaty, hot mess. I got to go with the tanks, man. If you go to fabletics.com slash candy, you can take a quiz and it uh, adjusts its preference based on like how you work out and what you like to wear. So you can get some um, cute outfits or separates. And the best part is you can go and get an entire outfit for 25 bucks with free shipping. Uh, anyway... The theme for today we're excited about is secrets and lies. I love it. (laughs) I love it. I love the lie side of this. Now, that's the part that I really spent time researching. Yeah, sure. Because I'm so fascinated. That's psychology. Well, there's a fine line, don't you think? Between a secret and a lie? Yeah. Because a lot of times when you keep a secret, you're lying in some way, right? You know, like, especially if it's, um, encompasses a lot of your lifestyle or like who you are, your identity makes you, you know, your whole life a lie. I bet you're a good liar. (laughs) Oh, you say that to all the girls. (laughs) Why would you say that? I, okay. Well, I have a test to, to kind of find out if you are real that everybody who's listening can do. Are you ready? Yeah. This is, it does. It's not necessarily to say that you are a liar, but well, okay. We'll just do the test. Okay. So pick your dominant hand, whichever hand it is. Okay. And with that dominant hand, draw a Q on a uppercase Q on your forehead with your dominant hand. With a pen? No, with just like in oh. the air, just like right out in front of you. With your dominant hand, draw an uppercase Q. Pretend like it's on your forehead. Okay. All right. Which way does the little line in the bottom of the queue, which way does it face? Does it face your right shoulder? Yeah. That shows that you're probably not a very good liar. Oh, that's nice. And I'll tell you why. That shows, when you were making that queue in the air, well, somebody who would make an uppercase queue and it would go to the left shoulder, Yeah. the person, what they are is their high self-monitors. So they care about how people perceive them. And when somebody else, they drew it so whoever's watching them or whoever's looking at them sees it in the right direction. You drew it in the direction you see it in. So, so you look at things from your, your perspective. And we know high monitors are better lie detectors. They're better at concealing who the is? truth. High self-monitors. Which one am I? Your low self-monitor. Oh, so I don't even know when people are lying. Oh, I, that's it's great. more like you're not... 
monitoring yourself and how others perceive you all the time. You're the, you're a more genuine, more honest version of yourself. So a high self monitor would be somebody who is very concerned almost subconsciously with how they're perceived by others. Hmm. And by doing that, you often fabricate things. Well, what did you do when you took the same thing as you? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I've never even known you to lie about anything. I'm the worst liar ever. (laughs) You are. So bad. But... Oh, I have more information. I'm like full. I'm overflowing. Share. Wait, I am. Just so I'm clear though, before you move on. Yeah. For that quiz, is it about whether, it's not about whether you're a good liar. No. Okay. It's It's whether you're high up, you're a high self monitor or a low self monitor. So are you somebody who's, mm, their actions and their place in this world is determined by how others perceive them? Or whether you are, you know, more what you see is what you get. You're not really concerned with other people. And those people are more likely. Now, I say I'm a terrible liar, but there are new kinds of lie techniques and like ways we lie that are merging with technology. And one of them that I learned about in my research is called the butler lie. That's hilarious, but that's my last name. Oh, it is your last name. So this is like butler like a butler. Yeah. And how your butlers back in the day used to play the middleman, like create a buffer between the wealthy and like whatever, you know, other relationships they had or anything they had to do. This is the I'm on my way text when you're not really on your way. Yeah. The, oh, sorry, my battery was dead and I didn't answer your phone call. And the good thing about this for people who are going, oh my God, that's so me, is that this stems from a place that's aimed at protecting the relationship. Yeah. So it's lying with the best of intentions. Like it's saying that you're really important to me, but I don't have time to handle this right now and I don't want to let you down. So I'm going to give you this little... Yeah. It's like a white lie. Yes. Yeah. And that's, I think, I mean, we are human beings who are built to lie. Yeah. We are absolutely wired to lie. It's a hundred percent the truth. Uh, studies show that on average we're lied to or lie between 10 and 200 times a day. Whoa. Yep. And it gets even crazier. I guess so. In married relationships, one in 10 of your interactions will be a lie. Oh my God. But don't feel bad because if you're not married, then one in three of your interactions with your partners will be a lie. What about friends? Uh, With strangers you meet, most people lie three times within the first 10 minutes of meeting someone. Why are we lying so much? But it's it's not necessarily a bad thing. A lot of times we want to be lied to. Mm -hmm. We're more likely to believe... You we're more likely to fall for, you know, a scheme that is like a get rich quick scheme. If we value making money, if we really yeah. care about our outward appearance, we're more likely to want to hear a lie that says you're, you look so beautiful today. Yeah. It's like what we want to be lied to. There's a great film called the dishonesty project. Have you seen it? No. I recommended it to you a while ago, but you should watch it cause you would go bananas for it. Tell me about it. Um, well, it explores a lot of cases that are famous, like Lance Armstrong and people like that who have been very publicly outed as liars and, and why the motivation and how people justify it, how the brain can justify it and make sense of it. Um, and it really like unpacks a lot of what drives it and how, how it's about also how we see each other. So if you see somebody cheating, that's, um, you know, a person that you look up to or, or that you like, or want to be like, or whatever, then Uh you're more likely to cheat as well because it's like you become conditioned or whatever to think it's our, you know, and then there was another study I read that said, you know, sometimes we think that there are only a few bad apples and they're really bad. Like there are a few liars and they're really bad. But the truth is there are a ton of liars, but we're all just a tiny bit bad because we lie in a way that matches where we can code. Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. You hit the nail on the head. We, and you'd think that we lie because it's like a cost benefit. Like there's some sort of economic like return, like, you know, the more I get out of this, the more likely I am to lie. The less I get one of those things. 
But that's not true. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Let me ask you something and don't say like what it is, obviously, but do you have, you know, how people often talk about a deep, dark secret. Do you have something in your mind that you can think of as like a deep, dark secret? I mean, I think there are things that, you know, I'm kind of, I'm pretty open and, and then the crazy thing is like the things that I've thought were big, deep, dark secrets and I've shared, somebody has normalized for me and been like, oh, that's not, oh, don't really? worry about that. Really? That's fine. Like, you know, that's a lot of people have, have dealt with that or a lot of people have, you know, done something like that. And like, you know, uh, and sometimes it comes down to like childhood trauma, stuff like that, that you hold to onto that you think is like so horrible and nobody's going to understand. And then you find out there's like a thousand support groups for everything that you're, you know? Yeah. So, but like, you know how, um, people that don't leave Scientology and they say they they don't leave because they don't want their secrets being revealed. Oh, yeah. I always think like, what? What could see? Unless what? you murdered somebody or whatever. I, what mm, is it? Or besides... maybe, like maybe you did something and your actions caused another person to, or maybe like you let somebody else take the fall for something. I don't have anything like that. Mm. I don't have anything where I feel guilty where I've like put somebody else you know, yeah. The, the, any deep dark secret would only be like, I feel like I'm inadequate and I'm like not living up to the, these. It would be more like internal uh-huh. stuff that I internalize, Personal. yeah. Than like my actions, yeah. Which okay. I think that is, you know, people whose actions maybe don't match. There's like some like dissonance that like where like they don't the actions that they've had they they don't ever want to confront or the actions they've done they don't ever want to confront again. One of the things they talk about in the film is how even for atheists, whenever they um, swear on a Bible, they're more inclined to tell the truth. Yes. What's that? Uh, I also read this too in the study that I looked at. Uh, They did it with um, your rate of lying after you recited the Ten Commandments. (laughs) It didn't matter whether you were atheist or not. Yeah. And uh, really what it shows... Oh, the, uh, but, okay, so these, these, sci- these researchers, these psychologists wanted to remove religion from it. And they said, okay, yeah. so how do we get this same test without religion? Mm-hmm. So what they did, and they ran this test at MIT, and they had people answer five math questions. Five math questions, and the average person could finish about two of them in the time allotted, okay? So... For every answer they got right, they got a dollar. Mm-hmm. This was in that film too, I swear. Yeah? Funny. You would love it. I'm sure I would. Because yeah. it's like the same studies are used across yeah, the board. Yeah, yeah. So for everything they got right, they got a dollar. So they were asked to turn... The, there was a group where they fin- they just took their test and they turned in the paper and they were paid. Then there was another group where they were asked to answer all the math questions. And then they ripped up their answer sheets and they could throw them away. And the researcher asked, how many did you get right? And somehow, miraculously, the average went up and people got about four or five right instead of just two right. So those people are obviously lying. Yeah. And um, so we saw that even, and sometimes they paid them a dollar, sometimes paid them $5 and it incrementally went up and it didn't matter how much they were paid, the rate of lying never changed. Then they repeated the test, but before they had him sign a piece of paper that says falsifying your answers or lying will violate the MIT honor code. Oh my God. No lies. 
<laughs> and the funniest part of that is that MIT doesn't have an honor code. Wow. So that was, they totally fabricated it yeah. and didn't get any liars. And it's just that sense of like, we want to be able to look in the mirror and know that we are like, we are, are, are living up to our own moral, com- like ideals. What, our moral mm-hmm. ideals. So if, mm-hmm. if we had in the back of our head that we knew that this would be violating MIT's honor <laughs> so code, funny. I'm not, I can't do it. It was the exact, there is no honor code. That was all made up and they still, so even if you're of religion. Do you know anybody that you would classify as a pathological liar? Yes, I do. And what, do, what can we do for those people? Because you and I know super... one that we both know the same person who's a pathological liar. Is it a boy or a girl? It's a boy. Okay. <laughs> I think I know who it is. Okay. Um, What's you know, the and cure? There's a very, very, very small percentage of people who are pathological liars. Most people lie for personal gain or for saving somebody else. Yeah. And eight, men are eight times more likely to lie for personal gain and twice as more likely to lie than women, which I just want to throw in there. But... <laughs> um, <laughs> Pathological liars fit, fall into a completely different category where there's zero personal gain and yeah. it just, it, they like just Like they'll say they had chicken for dinner when they had beef. They, it, it makes uh, no sense. I would also say pathological, pathological liars, if I were to guess, extremely creative. Huh. Extremely I, I abstract was, thinkers. I thought it was driven by a feeling of inadequacy. Like whatever they did isn't the right thing. So they say they did the other thing. Interesting. See, I would say it as they are so the fantasy world that they live in, like the, the abstract is so that it didn't even matter what their actions were. It's more like the thoughts like and the ideals and reality doesn't even matter really. Huh? I'm that's well, they're really annoying. They're really annoying <laughs> because it's like, we all know you're lying. Logical. You know, I think it's hilarious when little kids lie. <laughs> that's my favorite. When you know, like all those videos where they're like covered in ice cream yeah. and she's like, did you eat yeah, the birthday cake? <laughs> and he's like, Mm-mm. Yeah. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> Meanwhile, he's covered in yeah. ice cream cake. That's a tough thing. That's we're trying to teach our kid not to lie now. Cause Ooh. he says, cause a lot of times when you talk to little kids, there's a lot of trickery. Yes. So and it's a fun thing that you do with kids. So then they don't understand what's a trick and what's a lie and why is one okay. And one is bad, you know? Ooh, that's Cause he'll be like, good. I'm just tricking you. And yes. so it's hard to be like, here's some nuance. Yes. <laughs> I think that, that you have to teach and give like children respond really well to scenarios and like real life vignettes. So if you were to say, you know, and we studied this in school when we, you know, as therapists, we have to talk to children or have to talk even to parents about like what is appropriate touch and what's not appropriate touch slash appropriate secrets and not appropriate secrets because people who will hurt you will tell you to keep secrets, that kind of thing. Not to take this for a dark turn, but <laughs> you do have to teach children and giving the scenario of saying, daddy got mommy a new jacket for her birthday. Daddy knows mommy's going to love it. And he tells you to keep a secret from mommy. Do you keep a secret and tell her right. and it's a surprise? Yeah. Is this a good secret, bad secret? And you have to help them understand the link between somebody benefiting from it. Yeah. Like mommy will, what'll happen when mommy gets the, the birthday yeah. present and follow through, not just like conceptualize it, but like really follow through of like, what happens when she gets a person present? Is she going to be surprised and she's going to feel happy? Yes. That's good. Good secret. Well, what happens if creepy, you know, uncle, whatever tells you yeah. this, it's our little secret. It's our little secret. Mm-hmm. Who's happy from this secret? If, if other people aren't happy from the secret, no secret. Like that's a really hard lesson to teach kids. And they don't even get jokes before the age of five. They don't get like, my husband always tries to be, he's like facetious and like sarcastic with kids. I'm like, honey, that that child is five and he (laughs) has no idea what (laughs) you're the best, the best example of that is, you know, kids are very literal. They're, they're really yeah. learning how to train their 
uh, left brain, yeah. which is all very analytical yeah. and like that's what you want to train and like that's what they're building and, and strengthening versus like abstract yes yeah, yeah. so uh my friend kelly took out her uh my friend Corey's son and they they went to see a movie and they went to see how to train your dragon and little ben walks in the front door like really upset after he got back from the movie and i said ben how's the movie he goes oh, it was good but there <laughs> were no trains and he was like, because no he heard how to train your dragon. And he heard oh, train. That's really cute. That there were going to be trains in it. Yeah. Because he's he didn't understand that they're like, you know, so you have to be very like, the, yeah. everything gets lost in translation with children and understand that, that, you know. It's weird how they can simultaneously be so clueless, but then so like almost evil in their ability to manipulate <laughs> and, you know, um, just sort of get under oh. your skin and things like that and children are the best liars Ugh. and it, if you don't believe that we're it, it, lying is yeah innate and like it part of us babies know how to fake cry oh, they will stop true. crying until they see somebody walking trick, by actually and then they start crying again by two years old two years old we know how to bluff <laughs> by five years old we are expert manipulators and we do, and five years old, five year olds do it with flattery. Wow. They're smart he enough and aware enough at five years old to manipulate with flattery. You look, so, but my kid but does that you're already. So, but you're so, but I want to cuddle with you more because I love cuddling with you. Okay, it makes Your sense though because that's you. what we reward, you know. And my kid does it already. He'll he'll do something bad and he'll be like, "I love you, mama. I miss you, mama." And I'm like. I love you too. Evil. Wait, before we go on, let's talk about your abs. Oh, that's so good. And that is no lie. <laughs> that is true. She came in here practically ripping off her clothes, wanting me to look at those beautiful I abs. I still think you still haven't, and I'm still going to show you. They're, they're so good. Well, what's I your secret? Wait. Tell them what your secret is. Slender tone. <laughs> We are using these ab toner belts, uh, and this one is connected to our smartphone, which so is cool. Good. You can track your progress. And Sarah's like wearing halter tops and like I wa I wore a crop top. <laughs> it was so cute on my birthday. It was so. But let me tell you, this thing works. I've never felt more like stable in my core, and it's helped me in all other parts of if you are somebody who's very physical and very active and you're somebody who or somebody who wants to start becoming that like it is so helpful mm. in just triggering those muscles that you just can't get with a workout alone or don't have the time to be hit i mean i could spend 45 minutes on abs but then i'd be doing nothing else yeah and abs is one of those muscles there my brother used to be a trainer and he always said your calves and your abs are something you can work out every day. Wow. I didn't know they that. They recover really fast. Yeah. And they're just really good for stabilizing everything else. Huh. And so, well, oh, if you're interested I'm a believer. in wearing halter tops and, or just being strong in tone, go to slendertone.com and use promo code brain candy to get 20% off of all the, um, ab toners. Mm -hmm. You won't be sorry. Apparently no, I love them. I, mine is more about just being strong and, and getting that stable core, but Sarah, she's showing it off. So I know I freaking, I mean, Instagram. I'm, a, I, it's, <laughs> I'm going to take an after picture and you guys are going to be like, holy crap. No, you do. Good. You look fantastic. Thank you. Yeah. You're, you're making 30 look good sister. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, you better not be lying to me, but I'm if you not. are lying to me, I'm, my biases are set up. So I'm willing to receive that, that I'm okay with that. That's right. We've learned I'm about set that. up to be lied to in that category That's funny but i'm not yep welcome to play it a new podcast network featuring radio and tv personalities talking business sports tech entertainment and more play it at play.it you're listening to the brain candy podcast with Susie meister and sarah rice all right teach me more about lying oh what, what is the have you ever lied on the show to get ahead oh okay this I have to ask you a question first. Yeah. Before, because this, I, I just think is just the, I'm so fascinated by this. Okay. Do you think being on the show made you a better liar? Yeah. You I do. do. You don't think so? Do you think it made you a better lie detector? Probably not, but I hope so. <laughs> I think the opposite for me. Why? 
No, tell me why I made you a better liar. Because that's all I had. Okay. Oh, I, that I'm makes not sense. athletic. So I had to be cunning. Okay. So you took the show as an opportunity to hone your skills in being able to lie to people and get away with it. Well, I would call it manipulate, but okay. Manipulate, you know, yeah, totally. Yes. Line. Because you, that you saw that as your way and it's a show and you have to do that. And there's, that's a huge element of the show. I saw it. It made me more self-aware of how, Oh, I, you don't want to be how, the liar on yes, TV of how okay. guilty I feel. I felt after the situations that I did lie in. So I'm not a liar on the show, but, and I, I've said this for the past like three or four seasons I've been on. I have never lied. What? But what I've done. Okay. Is it, been you don't... very particular with the words that I use. So you omit things. Yes. Okay. I'm a liar by omission. If you really want to call it that. I do. I'm, <laughs> I fall. I am guilty of that for sure. What, We're all saying. Would be an example. Okay. Um, now, and this is a really good way to be a lie detector on your own. Okay. Because somebody who's telling the truth will often tell truths about generalization. So say you're, con- say you're accusing somebody of stealing $20 out of the drawer. Yeah. Somebody who's guilty or maybe a liar or maybe ha- is somebody you don't want to trust will say, I did not steal that $20 bill yeah, yeah, out yeah. of that drawer. Like being precise. A honest per an honest person would go are you kidding me i've never stolen anything in my life they'll be general with the subject that they're speaking on why because that's where honesty lies like that honesty lies in like knowing that you where is and and you may be you could say well i've never stolen anything in my life and maybe you know one time when you were five you stole a candy bar from the cancer but you don't label yourself as a liar somebody who harbors guilt for even if it's deep, deep down. And they don't even, it's not even on the surface. If they lie, they're aware that they're lying. So they would say like the perfect example is Bill Clinton. When he said, I did not have sexual relations with that that woman woman. where he distanced him. He used language to distance himself from the person. Yeah. Not, I did not have sex, sexual relations with Monica Lewinsky. Mm. He also used, oh, what do they call it? It's the non-contracted, like, verbal speech. So saying, I did not, instead of I didn't, is often somebody who's lying. Because somebody who's lying will use a more formal version of speech. I, you'll find that, I did not do that. Wow. It's called, I, there's, it's something like the non, non-contracted, uh, what the heck is it called? I have to remember. That's bananas. Non-contracted distancing language or something like that. But it is totally a real thing. And if you can listen to that and and pick that up when somebody, if somebody's very specific in what they didn't do, are you kidding me? I did not make out with that guy at that party. Okay. Well, mate, you're, what you're saying there is you could have, you know, slumped with him a week later when you got his phone number at the party. Yeah, right, right. So... You kind of have to read between the lines. And, and of course, one of these things does not mean that they're all lying. But, you know, if you, you start adding up the truth, you start putting together all of the things. And I think being on the show made me a better lie detector. That's a great skill. Uh-huh. It made me a really good lie detector. I can't... I imagine that you always were, though, a good one. <clears throat> yeah, a lot of that comes with, like, intuition. And just being able to... like this. I think the same thing that makes you a good therapist, which is being able to pick up on people's nonverbal like read between signals the lines. and read between the yeah. lines, is the same thing. There's this Freudian quote that says, like, no mortal can keep a secret. What we don't say with our mouth, we chatter with our fingertips. So they can, you can keep your mouth shut and you can say nothing. But I can tell through your nonverbal communication, pointing your feet towards an exit, things oh like God. that. Uh-huh. What's... So you know how in that same vein, it's like if you touch your nose or whatever weird Mm -hmm. things, Mm -hmm. what is that? It's an involuntary, but it, why? Why do we have so much? Well, about, I I believe this is about nine or like 80 to 90% of our, our communication is nonverbal. And so much of that, because you have to think language in, in the whole, if you look at the timeline of humanity, 
language, writing, all those things are really at the tail end of it. Yeah, right. I mean, we communicated through, you knew a threat, you knew, everything was nonverbal communication. Like, you can tell if somebody is lying through their facial expression. You can, if somebody's smiling at you, a good lie detector, a good lie reader will be able to tell whether that's an honest smile or a fake smile. Whoa. Given you haven't had too much Botox. Well, I have. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. I was like, oh, okay, well, between my forehead, I don't know. Can you tell a lie there? That's kind of my running joke is that, like, I feel like everything about me is a lie in a sense. Like, <laughs> how I had to answer the question recently of, like, what's your anti-aging regimen? I'm like, my wallet. <laughs> um, everything about me is fake. My hair is a lie. It's not this color. My teeth aren't this white. My eyelashes aren't this long. My skin's not this dark. My my boobs aren't this big. My forehead's (laughs) not this whatever. And it's like, okay. But we all do it. Yeah, we do. But it's just disturbing whenever you kind of... It sure is. Like, (laughs) list it. It's so weird. But I'm I'm sure everyone's grateful for that. You don't want to see me age (laughs) naturally. Listen, and those, like we said, it's not a lie that hurts anyone. In fact, it helps you. (laughs) Some would argue that a lot of those kind of lies help other people. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm-mm-mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. What else can you teach me? Anything? Hmm. What's that TED Talk you sent me? I didn't watch it yet. About lying or something? Yeah. These are all the ones oh, that I've been listening to on like... Was on this like from... A, was the, it a guy? There were... I, you know, I've watched a whole bunch of oh, videos okay. on this, but there's one woman... Oh, gosh. What the heck is her name? I can't remember. <sighs> I don't remember, but she is a professional lie detector. Whoa. And she really taught me a lot about what it is you look for in people who are lying. Like a lot of things we already talked about and just really that it's instead of it's, it's a very negative way to look at things. If you say, I want to look for all the people who are lying, the more optimistic way that is like, I want to find the truth in things. Because that's, when you look for the truth, it's more rewarding to find than the lies, Yeah, really. And being assured that somebody is telling the truth and knowing that, you know, and trying to be honest, it kind of, you know, raises your own. I think knowing how to spot a lie, like, I feel like a very honest person. I feel like somebody who, like, almost too... I'm not a, I can't. Mm-hmm. And I try to, you know, if my husband calls me out on things like, oh, oh, wait, I have a question first. <laughs> okay. Are you a sharer of secrets that people tell you? Mm-hmm. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> why? Because I think that's really interesting. Like, why do, first of all, and why do whose you secrets do you tell and whose secrets do you keep? Like, cause, oh my God. Thank God my husband's so behind on the podcast that he's probably not going to listen to this for like another year so I can get away with saying it and like postpone a fight. But, um, I, oh God, I'm more, I'm more inclined to talk and maybe that's just like husband and wife stuff, but I'm more, I just share things that I think, you know, I think women share things that men would go, that is confidential in our marriage and blah, blah, blah. it's dude i'm telling all my girlfriends and i need to, their advice and that's just how it's gonna be and i so like with that it's those how secrets, women bond it is 
and I am loosey goosey with the marriage secret. I, I'm sorry, honey. <laughs> I mean, I there are some things, of course, I don't talk about, but I just feel like. I need to normalize it. I need to talk to my girlfriends about it. Anybody else who's married. And we feel better when we talk about this thing, these things. But when somebody specifically says to me, especially a girlfriend, I need you to keep this confidential. Okay, yeah. I'm a lockbox. Me too. But that almost never happens. It's usually implied. What? The- they almost never say, do not repeat this. It's usually- I say, do not repeat this yeah. to people. And, and then, then I, I find to- out they repeated it. Oh. Well, I don't, in certain cases, I don't know. Like, I, I believe husbands and wives should be able to tell himself. Nobody everything. is keeping anything from their spouse. Never. Never. I could, t- I could, as soon as I walk in the front door, I'd be like, oh, guess what? <laughs> she told me not to tell anyone. <laughs> yeah, that's happening. For, yeah, right. That's the best part about getting married is you get to tell all your secrets to this one person who, like, it, in, in court, wouldn't be able to say <laughs> shit. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, if someone said, please do not repeat this, and it was like serious business, then I won't I won't say right. anything. But that's very rare. Usually very it's just rare. like kind of... Uh, I get a lot of that of my friends who tell me uh, I'm they're pregnant. I'm yeah. really good at keeping a pregnancy yeah. secret. I've done a lot of those. Um, nobody's ever told me they've murdered anyone, so that's nice. Don't have to carry that in my ha- conscience. What, do you think you could pass a lie detector if you had a lie? No. Because I have very physiological symptoms. I like yeah. the, 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 I get hot and sweaty thinking about taking a lie detector. Possibly test. lying, like yeah. having to lie. Mm-hmm. Like I can remember a time, but I have a very, very high moral, like I'm a rule follower. I'm like a don't cross until the light turns green. Like I can't, I'm very much. And it stems from sometimes a chaotic environment growing up and a need for like order. finding order mm-hmm. and, and really being somebody who adheres to all the rules. I am a freaking rule follower. <laughs> and so where was I going with this? I asked you if you could pass a lie detector. So I think I, so the, uh, the thought of that gets me, Oh my God, I'm going to be, and I get, and physical, and I, I'm getting like the sweats and like, not like the, like it's hot outside sweats, like the ones that smell really bad because you're stressed and it's like different <laughs> yeah, hormones like toxic, that's being released yeah. and it's like toxic. Yeah. Like that, uh, the physiological symptoms are, yeah, impossible to ignore with me. And that's what a lie detector, it's creepy if you could pass Yeah, you're like detector. a sociopath basically. To be able to deta- detach like that and be able to remove yourself from the situation. Yeah. Cuz isn't it almost like you have to convince yourself that you're telling the truth in a way or yes. like be so divorced from the reality yes. that yeah, your that body you, doesn't even that react. you see it then the lie becomes the truth, which a lot of times <laughs> does happen to people. Um, I have another test for you and our okay. listeners. Okay. Go this ahead. is so fun. I love this topic. <laughs> okay. Okay, I'm going to read to you two hotel reviews. Okay. And you're going to tell me which one you think is the truth. Okay. Which one is a real review and which one was somebody who just made it up who had never visited. Because this is yeah. this is interesting. I found out recently that there are there's almost like a an a problem happening systemically throughout the internet and False reviews. False reviews for books. Like there was this whole thing in the news a while back on how like people were falsifying like book reviews, like big companies were falsifying book reviews and how like product reviews online and where this all comes from. So how to spot a real one from a fake one. Here we go. Okay. Person A. (laughs) I have stayed at many hotels traveling for both business and pleasure, and I can honestly say that the James is the tops. The service at the hotel is first class. The rooms are modern and comfortable. The location is perfect within walking distance to all the great sites and restaurants. Highly recommend to both business and travelers and couples. Okay. Okay, here's B. My husband and I stayed at the James Chicago Hotel for our anniversary. This place is fantastic. We knew as soon as we arrived that we made the right choice. The rooms are beautiful, and the staff is very attentive and wonderful. The area of the hotel is great, since I love to shop, and I couldn't ask for more. We will definitely be back to Chicago, and we will for sure be back to the James Hotel. Okay. Which one do you (laughs) think is fake? I feel embarrassed because I don't really know, but I guess I would go with B. Well, here's the thing. Okay. Is on average... 
people are correct about 54% of the time. That means your lie detector, your lie detector is pretty much shit. 50% of the time, yeah. that's as good as a yes or no. Yeah, that's a 50%. Yeah. It's, it's 54% it's almost like percent is like a blind, blind guess. Yeah. But if you are trained in lie detecting, yeah. it improves to about 90%. Oh, that's good. So that's hopeful. Well, I also said B. Because I thought they added a lot of like colorful language, like beautiful and da da da, an exclamation point. We're both wrong. Huh. The, uh, oh no, you think B is fake. No, I thought it was real. Oh, you thought, me too. Yeah. Okay, me too. I thought A was fake too. I thought B was real. Why'd you think B was real? Because she, whenever she said it was a good location, she said it was just for her taste of shopping, uh-huh. not for everyone. Uh-huh. Like the other, the real one, I guess, number or letter A said, perfect location, like period. Yeah. I think that well, would this depend. Is, this is really fascinating. And it's like all in the subtleties. Ugh. So. And the first person said, honestly. Yeah. So then I thought, it was I thought that too. I thought, because <laughs> if they said, honestly, maybe it's like trying to cover yeah. up a bit, right? So right, that's the same me. way there's like this myth that we think people who are lying won't look at us in the eyes. So liars will look at you in the eyes and maintain eye contact more to compensate yeah, like, for that myth. <laughs> so this is interesting about this story. So Ugh. liars think about narrative. Oh. They place themselves in the story. And so things come from the first person singular. So it's, I love shopping. I went there because they're interjecting themselves into a story that they're already fantasizing and writing. So you hear a lot of I, we will definitely be back. Yeah. Somebody who's been there will speak about the location because they were physically present in that space. So their physical presence in the space, they don't have to interject themselves into the story. So they say, they'll say things like the bathrooms were huge or it was within walking distance to these nice shops. So they were present in the location and able to comment on how far away things were. So reading it and reading, if it were a book review saying things like, I really loved the plot twist versus, um, uh, let me think of one for a book that would be like interjecting yourself, like something like I related to the struggle of this character, whatever. Yeah. So it's turning it into like you being a part of what it was, or you just looking at it from an outside perspective and like putting your own. Whoa! Isn't that interesting? And, and it bums me out. I know we're terrible. But it's lie good detectors. to know. It's good. It's to good know. information to know. Yeah, maybe you we'll know? get better. We'll do another one another time. Yeah, I just. But we got to that... wrap it up though. What? Just went Patty. so fast. <laughs> it was all me talking. I apologize to everybody out there who says I talk <laughs> over Susie because I just had so many fun things to tell you. I loved every second of it. Good. That's great information. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't worry. Wonderful. Yeah. Follow us on Instagram, Brain Candy Podcast, and yeah. uh, we still have to plan our Disneyland trip. Somebody just said that. Oh, I was like, oh yeah. God. We need to. Well, now the weather's out. starting to get better in sunny California, so uh, yeah. we can definitely we'll make do it that. happen. Don't worry. Don't We're worry. just procrastinating. We love you guys. Love you. Bye.